With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Meet Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as Premium Unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes, and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. All right. Good morning. Good morning. It's Mr. Mechanic time. Saturday, eleven o'clock. Why not fix a car? Beautiful day to do it. All right. This is the Mr. Mechanic show. Your interactive call-in talk show, all about cars, cars, trucks, tractors, boats, anything with an engine. I can probably get you by. Mini bike. You did one of those last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once in a while, something. Something strange always comes my way, and yep. you know, all it's got to do is turn. Yep. Not much to an engine; they just got to turn. Yeah. All right. Spark we are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, Guaranteed Brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge. We're on Dodge. We're on the radio. No reason to have a broken car. Not with us in town. Nope. Yeah. With me today is Carl. I am here. Yeah, we are 50th and Dodge. Bob's away. Today, don't know what he's got going on. Maybe there's a broken car that needs extra attention. Yeah, Couldn't make been. it to hang out with us this morning. I don't know, but yeah. either way, we'll get by. Give us a call, 558-1110, with any questions you have about a car. Speaking of cars, it's getting a little brisk out. Wintertime is coming. It's right around the corner, it is. believe it or not, as much as we don't want it. Maybe we do want it we got to winterize cars. So we've always talked tires, batteries, coolant. Those three things are easy. Yeah. What about spark plugs? Nobody ever thinks about those anymore. You don't do them for 100,000 miles. I mean, you used yeah. to do them twice a year. Yeah. I mean, back in the days, you had a carbureted car. I mean, yeah. you know good and well if it was below 30 and you had a poor set of spark plugs, you went out there and shut that choke, you weren't going to run very good, uh-uh. if at all. But that's something that we, like I, like you just said, I mean, every 100,000 miles, I mean, if I have to do something every 100,000 miles, it's like asking me to do something every five years. Yeah. I'm not going to remember it. Most people don't. Or even more. You yeah. know, Maybe put some thought into that with this season coming up. Have I tuned up my car? Is there a check engine light on? Is there anything? Because, you know, most of the time in the summertime, some things won't be affected as bad as when it gets cold. And, you know, you can sleep on that check engine light, and, you know, eh, maybe this isn't going to be that big of an issue, you know. But 
maybe once it's 20 degrees outside, we've got another thing coming. Yep. And then the mechanic shop's backed up. We're out of car for potentially a week, maybe longer. Yeah. Maybe a month. You know, depending on the wait list to get in there, I mean, wintertime, our numbers skyrocket. So, I mean, let's be a little bit proactive, get in here, get your car looked at, get it serviced, just do the right things, maintenance, maintenance, keeps the car on the road. All right, let's let's jump right into the calls. Goodness, yeah. I just turned my head, and here's everybody waiting. Let's talk to Bob. Bob's got an 04 F-150. Bob, what do you got for us? Yeah, I got a... Five four liter. It's thrown a zero one seven four code. Uh, I've replaced all the injectors on the driver's side. I've uh, checked for vacuum leaks. I've replaced the mass sensor and the upstream O two sensor. And I still have a a miss hmm. that feels like around low idle and around the sixty mile an hour mark. It's not throwing any misfire codes, so I guess I'm at a loss at this point. Hey, hit me with that code again. It's a 0174 Lean Bank 2. Okay, yeah. Have you looked into the exhaust, or the not the exhaust, but the intake manifold gaskets? I guess exhaust manifold what? gaskets, too. Is there well, any... I, I, I sprayed uh, some brake clean around everything, and I... Haven't noticed any idle up or anything like that. I don't hear a leak. Mm-hmm. I know that's an, an, an issue that it could be, but I haven't seen anything that would say it would was vacuum okay. at this point. What about any exhaust leaks? If you look at this exhaust manifold, and this is a very common problem on these trucks, are all your bolts there? Or is there a couple missing, it's, maybe a black spot on your cylinder head where there's an exhaust leak? Yeah, as far as I know... Uh, I don't see any yet. I'll have to go back out and look, but I haven't noticed any cracks or anything in the exhaust manifold. Okay. Um, You're not hearing any really, ticking or popping on cold start, nothing like that? N- no. Okay. All right. So we've got new plugs, new injectors, handful of other things, and we've still got I haven't haven't done. I haven't done. I haven't done the plugs yet. I was kind of trying to avoid doing <laughs> okay. them because they were done about six months ago when I bought this vehicle, and okay. I know the, the horror stories on the plugs. So so let's assume that they're in great condition. You don't have a misfire or anything like that. Okay. Okay. So the only other thing that comes to mind, and this is, you know, a reach, because you've got 174, one bank. So we can rule out mass airflow sensor, any kind of intake vacuum leak aside from the gaskets on that side, which, you know, how often do we see just one side go bad? Not often. The first place that I'm going to go if it's only affecting one bank on a V8, I know on these older F-150s they used what's called intake manifold runner control. This is basically like a secondary throttle plate inside your intake manifold that, you know, on the highway, it'll open up so you get full air down to your cylinders, yada, yada. You know, it doesn't slam all the way shut and work like a throttle body, but it's, you get the idea. Now, Mm -hmm. on the back side of that intake, way, way back and down underneath where you can't see is an actuator 
a couple of rods and links that control both banks of this intake manifold runner control. And they're all plastic. And yeah. what I've seen on these where I'll either have a 171 or a 174, but only one of them, one side of that link can break and come off of there. And this system, its default is to stay shut. That yeah. would restrict air to one bank. And that would cause a lean condition on one bank. I'm not saying that's your problem, but I'm saying the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get a mirror out. I'm going to look. Are both these rods connected to the intake? Okay. And that sits way in the back of the intake, correct? Yeah, way in the back underneath. Um, if you take the intake off, you can see it plain as day, but that's a lot of work. Right. Um, <laughs> I'd normally get back there with a boroscope or a big mirror, and then you'll see it. You can probably, I bet you can get on the computer and Google a picture of it. Yeah. And it'll okay. show you kind of what you're looking for. But like I say, they're back there and they're buried, but they have issues. It's a simple fix. Just a small okay. clip that holds the rod on. But that would be what I would look at. <coughs> Aside from that, if that's all in good shape, the, for the next thing I'm going to do is maybe find a garage that has a smoke machine, get this intake smoked, make sure there's not a really small leak that we can't. Maybe can't see, but gotcha. Try those things out, Bob, and let us know kind of what you find. Okay, well, I appreciate it very much. Love the show, guys. Thank oh, you. All right, thanks for the call, Bob. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Five five eight eleven tens of numbers to get in. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the great mechanic debate, where Barney Fenders is really taking a beating from our incumbent, Mister Mechanic. Barney, you say you want to eliminate all car loan debt, but uh, how exactly do you plan to pay for it? What do you mean, how am I going to pay for it? Shouldn't you just be happy that you're not going to have car loan debt anymore? I mean, come on! But to answer your question, I'm going to raise taxes. <laughs> hey, what? Hey, hey, hey! Only on the wealthiest car owners, okay? After all, it's like I always say, if you drive a Lamborghini, you can pay an extra fee-fee. Oh, okay. Mr. Mechanic, you say the car industry is the best it's ever been, but how exactly are you planning to stop car factories from opening in other countries? How will I stop factories from opening in other countries? Easy. I'll simply tell them that they can't do it anymore. And if, if they do, well, then I'll just come up with a funny nickname to call them. <laughs> what? That's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. Calling people nicknames? Are you in third grade? Oh, what's wrong? Boring Barney. <laughs> I just came up with that. I am not boring. You're like a boring old shoe, Barney. I'm very informative, you okay? You smell like a shoe, too. Gentlemen, please, let's keep this civil. You know what? You don't know how to change a tire. You take that yeah, back right I, now, I know it. old man. You don't. You've please, never done I only sniffed it once. And we'll be right back with more of the great mechanic debate after a word from our sponsors. The Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Two locations, 79th and Dodge and 50th and Dodge in Omaha. If half of being a great parent is just showing up, now you know why Xavier Watts, the football player, turned out so well. It's the Rosie DiGenosi on the podcast page under Jim Rose at KFAB.com. 
All right, we are back. The Mr. Mechanic Show, 558-1110 are the numbers to get in. Give us a call. Let's jump right back into the calls. We got Jim here with the 2012 Silverado. Jim, what do you got for us? So, uh, it's got 126,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. I always ran it in the automatic four-wheel drive. Okay. And I started getting a high-pitched whine whenever I would accelerate, but then when you let off the gas, it would go away. Okay. So I put it into two-wheel drive, and now I don't have that problem. Okay. So what that sounds like to me is that there's a bearing going bad in the front differential of this truck, most likely a pinion bearing. It's definitely affected by load because under acceleration – goes away under deceleration when it's not loaded and it's only affecting the front of the truck i would definitely first place i'm looking is that front differential yeah have you ever serviced this differential or anything like that no i was going to take it in it's probably due for the uh four-wheel drive service okay yeah when you got it in for that you know would they find it there then when they did that service? Well, they might see some extra metal in the fluid. Most differentials, especially General Motors, they like to put a magnet on their drain plug. Yeah. So when you pull this plug out, if you see like a big nest-looking thing on there, you know to kind of go for, you know, kind of look for bearing issues, gear issues, any kind of yeah. wear yeah. inside okay. there. But that would be one thing that, you know, I would – See, you know, if I pull the drain plug and I was like, hey, there's a red flag here. We need yeah. to kind of maybe take a dip, better look. But Give them that information <laughs> of the bearing noise when you take it in, too. Yeah, they can get it in the air, listen to it, know right away what's going on. Okay, is it a pretty expensive deal? It can be. Yeah, I yep. mean, to get in there and rebuild a differential because you're not going to take it all apart and do one bearing. No. Yeah, you're going to be into a set of bearings and some seals. Okay. Well, I'll go that direction, and thank you. (laughs) You bet, Jim. Thanks for the call. Have a great day. All right. Let's go over to Gary. He's got a 2015 Kia Sorento. Gary, go ahead. Uh, Yes. I've got – it's a V6, and what I'm asking is about the transmission. I've never – Change of transmission fluid. It's got eighty thousand miles on it. Time to do it. Yep. Now uh, I, I've seen the videos on uh, YouTube and that where you can drain from the bottom mm-hmm. and then fill it from the top, and then it's got a plug on the side where you let it run out to make sure it's full. Yeah, most of them just take four quarts, even. Yeah, I was just thinking of doing it myself, but. Sure. Uh, one place wanted just a fluid transfer. I'd rather, uh, you know, drain it partially and then refill it later on, I guess. Yes, do not flush this transmission. Any import transmission, me personally, I will never flush them. Yep. Drain and fill. Drain and fill them only. Drain and fill only. Yeah, I've had too many bad experiences where you hook a flush machine up to it, hot flush this transmission. And now you got a shutter. You've got something Noises, with your yeah shutters. 
You know, they just wanted to do a fluid transfer, but I don't know what that consisted of. I didn't ask. Well, they're going to hook a machine up to your transmission. You break into a cooler line, and then you okay. run the car, <coughs> and it's basically pumping your fluid into a machine and pumping fresh fluid into your transmission. But, yeah, it doesn't get it out of the bottom then. Well, I mean, it takes a while. It's going to pick it up and just kind of run through it, and you're getting kind of a mix of fluid, and you just go through it. And you're going to end up paying for probably 12 to 16 quarts yeah. by the time uh-huh. that they get this clean. It's just more effective to pull the plug, drain it, fill it back up with fresh fluid, and go on down the road. Well, to do it, do it your way, what's that usually run? Is that fairly costly? Or? Mm, at the shop, I mean, what, we're 140 150 bucks. Depends on, yeah, plus fluid. <laughs> um, yeah, it depends on the... If it's synthetic fluid or not, somewhere one seventy five to two ten ish. Yeah, it's uh, it calls for uh, SP four. Sure. Yeah, they've all got their special fluids, and yeah, you may look around. There may be a universal that you know does cross to that. Well, I think Valvoline makes universal, but I'm not. I'd rather stick with original stuff. Sure. Yeah, you bet. Why not? It's gotten you this far. Yeah, I mean, I just, I guess I overlooked it. I should have changed it at 60000 but I overlooked it, so. Nah, I don't think ch- you're hurting anything. Yeah, they checked it out and said it needed changing, but I'll probably do it later on. We're going to go out of town, but uh, mm-hmm. it's been running fine. I have no problems or anything. Sure. Just preventative. That's a good idea. Yeah, you bet. But I don't think if I go another 1,000 miles, it isn't going to hurt anything. No. No. No, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just get to it. Get to it before it gets too cold, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's already too cold. But yeah, if yeah. you're going to do it yourself, I've done plenty of services in the snow. <laughs> well, I might, have, I might bring it down and have you guys do it. <laughs> we can I've do got it. plenty of time. <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. You got it. All right. Thanks for the call. All right. With him dropping off gives you a chance to get in here. 558-1110 are the numbers. All right, back to winterizing cars. I mean, what else? I mean, we just make sure the thing's working. I mean, your yeah. coolant every five years we're doing coolant flushes. Yep. I mean, it's not like the old days where you know you got hoses that are breaking down and you know your gaskets are breaking down. Everything nowadays is rubber. Yeah. And rubber's come a long way. A lot more durable since even the nineties. I mean, the 1990s cars, I mean, we were doing, we used to stock radiator hoses. Yeah. There's no point in we it now. We didn't stock a hose. Yeah. There's no point in it now, other than vacuum hoses. Right. But that's another thing. Why are we still relying on vacuum to operate things? <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's free. The engine makes it, but yeah. so inefficient. Remember the Corvettes that had vacuum-operated headlight doors and the oh, headlights would pop up yeah. and... Several of the old GMs did. A couple Fords. The uh, worst vacuum story I have was on a 1976 Corvette. And somebody put a motor in it and restored the car. Well, they didn't hook any of the vacuum up. <laughs> Nothing vacuum operated worked. And they just dropped it off. Here you go. I just need the vacuum system put on it. Weeks went by. <laughs> hours and hours of because you look it up in a manual and you get some 
generic there was diagram no, and right. everything's vacuum operated. The headlights, the wiper had a cowl that came up. Oh, the old vacuum <laughs> wipers. Oh. Go up a hill, they'd stop wiping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, give us a call if you got a vacuum question. We're going to take a quick break here on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 are the numbers to get in. All right. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 are the numbers to get in. Last half of the show here, guys. Let's bring it in with a home run. Let's talk to Dave. Dave's got a 2000 Dodge Dakota. Dave, what's going on today? Hey, guys. Thanks. Uh, I got, I believe, a starter issue on it. I pulled it home a few weeks ago in the garage, got out, went in the house, come back out 10 minutes later to go uptown, and it just did the click, 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 click. Tried to jump it. It's not the battery, I'm pretty sure. But okay. Is, that sound like probably the starter, I'm guessing? Could be. Uh, and are they? is there something else I could check before I push it out of my garage and block my driveway? Well, <laughs> is my biggest feeling. I, is there a way to jump the starter anymore? I know back in the '80s we used to just grab a wrench, climb underneath there, and jump a, jump across the. Yeah, all that still the, applies. You can still jump a starter that way. Um, I guess there's a few things you can look at. So we got to make sure we have 12 and a half volts at our battery. We got to make sure we got a good ground, or that starter isn't going to work. All our connections yeah. are good. They're clean. They're tight go down to our battery, are the cables corroded off? This is, you know, 23-year-old truck in Nebraska. I, the, the battery's pretty new. The battery's less than two years old, I believe, and I, I kind of checked, I checked the battery cables. Uh, okay. Let's go down to that starter. There's one big heavy lead on that starter. Is it tight? Is it rusted? Is it corroded off? There's a smaller lead on there. Same thing. Is it corroded does it have a good connection when you turn and hold the key is there 12 volts at that can you have somebody hold the key hit that starter with a hammer might take off do it all the time yep Those yeah are, i just didn't know they feel pretty easy to get to if i crawl underneath there in that uh, truck yeah in the open. yeah okay you got a couple acres I, of room okay <laughs> <laughs> i just if i push it out of my driveway it's gonna be there in my way <laughs> You won't have any problem getting no. to this one, Dave. Yeah, it okay. should be an open and shut case. Good, it, easy fix for uh, you. So is it something if I pull it, do, do those need shimmed on those, or are they pretty much sure? Nope, not on, Dodge, not on no. Dodge. Dodge never really went that way. I didn't think so, but I, it's been years, you know. I'm, I miss the days when we could just work on our vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Pull a motor Pull a motor, a tranny in an hour and a half, and a, and a 12 pack of beer, and you're back on the road. The good old days. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There you go. All right, well, okay. give that a shot, Dave. Let us know if you need anything. We're here for you. All right. Let us Thanks, know. How. Guys. Good luck. All right. With Dave dropping off, gives you a chance to call in, 558-1110. Uh, let's go to Fred. Fred's got a 2003 F-250. Fred, what's going on? I'm having problems with the turbo. It doesn't when you try to accelerate, the turbo won't kick in. Okay. Put that back off it, and then accelerate again. Then it kicks in. Okay, so you got a diesel truck. Yeah. All right. I think so. So this turbo is kind of right up there on top. Am I right? Yeah. First, so we don't do a lot of diesel, but I know about a turbo. So what I want you oh. to do is get up there, the cold side of your turbo, the big rubber tube that goes into it. 
Take yeah. that off of there. Put your fingers in there. You'll see kind of a blender looking thing. You know, see if that spins freely. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, when I have a turbo that's not really wanting to work, the bushing in there's gone bad and it is seized up. So see if that spins freely. Is there any play in it at all? There should be no play. You should not be able to move this shaft forward, backward, side to side. No way at all. It should just spin like a roller skate wheel. I'm not too sure that hasn't been checked. I had, uh, now we did wheel plugs and relays and EGR and mm-hmm. he yeah. looked at everything he could think of and he still can't figure out why. And there's nothing well, aftermarket exhaust-wise on this truck? No. Okay. So, I mean, that's what you're down to. Either your turbo's sticking, you've got a major exhaust leak that's going to cause that thing not to spool. Secondly, I mean, is the impeller still on the exhaust side of the turbo? I've seen on more normally on GMs where that impeller will just break off and it'll sit there in your catalytic converter. But, I mean, make sure, I mean, you're going to have to kind of get your, take that hose off, put your eyes on this thing, see if it spins. If everything looks good on the cold side of the turbo, go to the hot side. You know, you'll have to take your exhaust pipe off, but, I mean, that's just a couple screws. (laughs) You know, put your eyes on this thing. Yeah. Is everything intact inside this turbo? Because, I mean, there's nothing electrical. It's all mechanical. It's just got to spin. Yeah. If your engine runs, you know you got exhaust pressure to spin it. So, I mean, that's kind of what we're down to. Also, look, is your wastegate stuck open? Wastegate stuck open, you're not going to make a, any boost. And that's just, that's a vacuum-operated lever that's on the turbo. It should be slammed shut <coughs> unless you're under hard acceleration. Okay. So, not too terribly difficult, just a lot of visual things to look at here, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> so Okie doke, we'll try that. Yeah, give it a look at, let us know what you figure out. Yeah, it should be yeah, okay. pretty open and shut case, but take a look at it, see what you find. Okay, thank you. You bet, Fred. All right, let's head over to Randy. Randy's got a 99 Chevy Suburban. A lot of oldies today. Let's keep them on the road. Randy, what do you got? What I got is this 99 Suburban that I talked to you about a couple weeks ago, and we got down to the steering box. The question is, yeah, I bought rebuilt starters. I am not putting a used steering box on this truck. I agree. Uh, uh, Rebuilt, is that okay? Is there certain brands that are better? Uh, I would stay away from A1 Cardone. Um... Hmm. You know, it used to be we could just get rebuilt and they'd be great, but these trucks are getting older. And how many times has that thing been rebuilt before it got rebuilt the last time before you bought it? Right. I mean, it's kind of a gamble, but... Well, there's labor involved, and, you know, for a few dollars more, I... I don't only want to do this once. Yeah, and I have. Uh, you probably. I don't expect you to remember, but I mean, after changing the 
um, idler arm, pitman arm, drag link, tie rod ends, and everything. And still, you've already got invested. <laughs> yeah, you're already invested in this. Yeah. Well, it's got 114 <laughs> on it, and I'm planning on keeping it another five, six years. It does works perfectly fine for what I use it for. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's a new one out there, I mean, by all means, and it's not terribly. I mean, you're not throwing an extra three hundred dollars at it. I mean. Well, I mean, you know, some of this aftermarket stuff, even though it's new, isn't as good as a rebuilt one that was a GM one. Mm. Or in, in a lot of instances. Yeah. I mean, we see a, steering boxes are, you know, one of those things that it's not like getting a rebuilt starter or something like that. I mean, we see a fair amount of failure and stuff like that, but with gearboxes, mechanical things like that, you got a really good shot. Yeah. At at buying no matter what as long as it's new. Mhm. Do you have any name brands you like? Or you could mention on the air? <laughs> Not A1 Cardone. They've, yeah. had, they've had some issues. Not that's what I want. That's what that's what I want to hear, what you don't like. Yeah. Dorman's always made a pretty good part. I don't know if they're doing steering stuff or something like that. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not really sure. Duralast has some pretty good stuff out there. Okay. You know, kind of... What is a yeah. vast array of prices on the Internet. Yeah. Oh, I would imagine. I mean, but that's the yeah. same for anything. Hey, that answers my question. I appreciate the show. Let you get to the next call. Thank All right, so Randy. Much. Thanks for the call. Okay. Good luck. Okay. All right. With Randy dropping off, gives you a chance to call in 558-1110. We're going to take a quick break here on the Mr. Mechanic Show. We'll be right back. All right. We are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Final segment of our show. Let's head over to Andy. Andy's got a Ford F-350 Andy, yes, thanks for taking thanks for taking my call. Absolutely, I a, uh, uh, 2009 F350 Super Duty Quad Cab okay. 5.4, uh, sure. 21,000 miles on it, and uh, it had three uh, icon lights on the dashboard: ABS light, uh, the traction control system, mm-hmm. and then a trailer brake. It's got a inboard trailer brake uh, okay. module. That, that was that light. So anyway, when I got it back to my shop, my heat and air shop, anyway, took it to a guy down the road, and he did a, a diagnostic on it. Basically, it's in real good shape, just those three uh, items that I had. And uh, he said the passenger side uh, front traction control sensor. So we replaced that. The light went off for three or four days, and now it's back on. Okay. So I don't know if that's if there's something else, the trailer brake module, or all three of these things working together, the ABS light, the traction yes, control. Yes, absolutely. The- that ABS light comes on, it's going to disable everything else because, I mean, traction control, if you got one ABS sensor, like let's yep. just go to where you are, the right front. If that sensor isn't reading, it, how does it know the wheel's spinning so your traction control system's going to throw up a red flag? Trailer brake's going to throw up a red flag because if you're heading down the road with 10,000 pounds behind you, it wants you to kind of know what's happening. So let's go back to your right front 
wheel. You put an ABS sensor in it. But I've gotten online, and some guys suggested doing the whole wheel bearing and everything, but this only had, you know, 21,000 on it. And I I had no play in it, Mm -hmm. so I didn't go with the whole assembly. I, you know, bought the sensor, we put it in, no problems, uh, light went Mm -hmm. off, and then, like I say, three days later, I'm going, what's going on now? Okay. Another one going out? I mean, I haven't crawled into there lately see if a connection came loose or something, but yeah. everything seemed copacetic as far as connections and fit and uh, no problems, but uh, I don't know. I'm trying to call it. So here's my way of thinking here, Andy. So we put this sensor in, we turned the light out. Everything was great for three days. Now I can tell you from years of experience if there was an issue inside that wheel bearing with the reluctor ring, anything like that happening, it would have come on right away on the very first test drive. This isn't something that's like a two-trip monitor, three-trip monitor. It fails once, it gets a light. So my way of thinking, everything inside your wheel bearing is correct. Everything's working great. The next place I'm going to go, so you plug that speed sensor in, there's a wiring harness that goes up your axle to the body to the control module every time you turn the steering wheel that harness turns you know if you're taking like a metal coat hanger and you turn it back and forth eventually you're going to get a break so do we have a wire in there that's bad you know you know we're getting kind of a iffy connection on that would be the next place that i would look and we do a fair amount of them I mean, just because you got 20,000 miles, that steering wheel still turns. Yep. I mean, yeah. every turn you well, make, that wire's getting bent. Apparently, it was like a plow truck for the power company, and mm-hmm. so that, they didn't have it out on the roads or anything. But uh, I don't know. It seems like it's in good shape. I don't know. Maybe sure. We'll figure it out. But, Odds but are you the, got trailer a pretty... brake, the trailer brake module, I looked up, and it's this module that plugs into the dashboard. I got it pulled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got some numbers on it, but I, I guess I don't want to just start throwing parts at something if I, you know, if the right. ABS sensor is somehow connected to this trailer brake module. Yes, they all work together. Okay, so I got to start with the smaller thing yep. and start working up. Yep, yep. you okay. bet. Pull the code again, see what you got. If it takes it right back to that right side. Yeah, yeah. see, that was the thing on my little handheld. I never got any codes, but I took it in to this uh, shop, and he was able to go in deeper. Yeah, and pulled up that it was actually the passenger's, you know, side foot. I'm going, mine didn't tell me anything. No codes found. Well, and if I you just got like a small handheld scanner, yeah, they're yeah. only going to scan the powertrain control module. You won't get any ABS steering, transmission, any other thing like that. They just that's just check engine light based. Right. Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep plugging away. Appreciate the show. You bet, Andy. Thanks for the call. All right. Yeah. ABS is kind of one of those things that it can be a problem around here because of all the salt and everything we put on the roads. Yeah. A lot of deterioration. Ford's had, I mean, you remember the Explorers back years ago. They had that open reluctor ring on the axles, and they would come in with literally no ring left. 
It was this little aluminum (laughs) ring and the salt and stuff we put on the roads. Let them crack. They would crack and fall apart. You could crumble them in your hands like a piece of charcoal. Yeah. Times have changed. Yep. Thank God. It's just an on-off switch. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to it. All right. They're playing our song, Carl. We made it through another... Another episode of the Mr. Mechanic Show. I thought we just started. Yeah. All right. 558-1110 are the numbers to get a hold of us next week. I'm Kyle. I'm Carl. See you then. Go Ford for your next truck or SUV and find an easier way to buy with Woodhouse Ford today. Lease a 2023 Ford F-150 Super Crew STX 4x4 for $419 per month for 36 months and 7,500 miles per year. $3,000 down or trade equity, first payment, and $299 dock fee due at signing. And experience the convenience of buying with Woodhouse Ford today. Security deposit waived. Tax title license extra with approved credit. Expires 1031-2023.